season win total best bets coming your way next on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Let's see for Anthony Wait for it. Nip caught. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Throws it. And a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got it. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. He's 5'7", 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schembeck. And here's your first play. Pressure coming, sack. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. Winner. We're going to win the championship again because we're going to play as a team. And when we play as a team, and the old season is over, you and I know it's going to be Michigan again. Michigan. Go Blue. I'm Steve Dace. Welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. You know, before you know it, we're down to about 80 days until Nebraska and Illinois kick off the 2021 college football season. There are college football preview magazines already on the newsstands. We've got NFL training camps starting in just about a month and a half. You know, we're less than 50 days until Big Ten football media days. Now in, in, in Indianapolis, we're talking about full fans in the stands, college football playoff expansion in the next couple of years. Before you know it, the most wonderful time of the year will be here once more, which is why it's the time of year to start going on the record about what we think will happen. And that means it's time for my annual win total best bets. Now, we have done these for the last four years. If you've uh, been supporting us on Patreon, you got this year's win total best bets before anybody else did a couple of weeks ago when DraftKings was the first entity to release win totals on every single college football team. But now that we gave our Patreon supporters first dibs, let's open it up to the rest of the general public, shall we? We have been doing this for the last four years here on this program and on our Patreon, and we are a documented 18-7-1 with our season win total best bets the last four years, going back to the 2017 season. That is 69%. Nice. Almost 70% winners. We'll take that every single time. This year, we have seven season win total best bets. We begin in the Big Ten Conference. 
We're taking Illinois over the three. When you look at the amount of super seniors and upperclassmen returning on this team, they have one of the highest ratios of those two things returning in the Big Ten, really in the Power Five. This looks a lot like the team that shocked everybody by going to a bowl game two years ago and a lot of that, though, was kind of fluky. That would they have like 11 non-offensive touchdowns? That's tough to do. But you also have what a sixth-year senior quarterback returning in Brandon Peters. So somebody who's experienced, who has won games in this league. And speaking of experience with winning games in this league, how about Burt, the new coach, Brett Bielema? He has as good a track record in the Big Ten West as any as anybody does. So you bring in a credible coach, you bring in an experienced team, throw in a senior capable quarterback, and then you look at that schedule, man. I I count like seven winnable games. I don't think they'll win seven games, but you've got Texas, San Antonio, and Charlotte. I mean, those are a good group of five teams, but they're not going to compete with Illinois. I don't even think the road game at Virginia is off the table, but I didn't count that as a winnable game. Uh, you throw in several conference games that I think are winnable as well, including Rutgers, Purdue, et cetera. To me, the worst you do here is a push. The, the worst you do is a push. So I'm going Illinois over three as my first season win total best bet for 2021. Next, I like Auburn under the seven. Not a fan of the Brian Harson uh, coaching switch from Gus Malzahn. In fact, I think it's a downgrade. Talk to a lot of Boise State fans. They think they've upgraded, actually. They think bringing in the uh, their former player and defensive coordinator uh, from Oregon to replace Brian Harson, who was not a great big game coach at Boise State, they view this as an upgrade for them. Uh, I think Brian Harson is miscast in this role. It's a region of the country he's not familiar with. He's thrown right into the deep end of the pool of really college football Ball's recruiting version of Shark Tank. Um, oh, by the way, um, Nick Saban just signed an extension to 2029. And then there's the scheme change. I love Tank Bigsby. I think he's a great fit for a downhill running scheme. I just don't think the rest of the offense is. I mean, this is a dramatic scheme fit uh, from going from Gus Malzahn and his motions, histrionics, and love of spread offenses to more of the old school uh, NFL power approach of Brian Harson. So you throw that in. Then you look at the schedule. You got the rugged SEC West on top of a road game at Penn State in the non-conference. I'm going Auburn under the seven. Keep in mind, there's only been like twice in the last 20 years that Auburn hasn't lost at least four or five games in a season. So I'm going Auburn under seven as my next season win total best bet. Number three on this list Last year, Cinderella's Colorado, I'm going to go under. I'm going to fade Cinderella, that they can't do it again. And I think I'm going to I'm going to say the team we saw in the Alamo Bowl against the no longer fighting Tom Hermans is probably more indicative of who Colorado really is. I think they kind of did it with smoke and mirrors last year. Uh, And you look at their schedule. They've also got two power five opponents in the non-conference, Texas A&M preseason top 10 team, Minnesota, who was a top 10 team two years ago and then you look at the Pac-12 schedule as well I have this is a very deep year in the Pac-12 I I don't see five wins on this schedule so I'm going Colorado which is what they have to get to in order to get to the over I'm going Colorado under four and a half that they can't do it again with a guy who's 
Average record of, of, as, as a head coach, Carl Durrell, is six wins a year. I'm going to say they can't shock us again as they did last year. Colorado, under the four and a half. Pick number four. I'm going to stay in the Pac-12. And I'm going to say last year for Justin Wilcox and Cal was just a lost year. They were picked second in the Pac-12 North, but nobody in the Pac-12 got riddled with more COVID problems than Cal did. And a lot of it was just self-inflicted stipulations from their own um, leadership at the university level, we'll call it that. Starting with that very first week where they played that crazy Sunday time slot against UCLA, just the whole thing was weird. Yet Cal's roster looks a lot like Illinois. A lot of seniors, super seniors, a lot of upperclassmen returning. You get a fourth year for Chase Garber uh, at quarterback. And, and keep in mind this, too. I mean, they, built, they brought Bill Musgrave in to try to upgrade the offense. And he's a proven, capable OC, but he had no spring. He had no real fall. Uh, so you're implementing a new new system, a new scheme. Now he's got an entire offseason to implement his system. You know Cal's going to play some form of defense under Justin Wilcox. So I'm going to go Cal over five and a half. All I need is bowl eligibility to get the W. The next pick on this list, number five. Let's go to the ACC. I'm going Virginia Tech under seven. And what I think is, yes, going to be Justin Fuente's swan song there in Blacksburg. Pretty much, this was not a great team last year. It was pretty mediocre last year. And pretty much everybody that was good on that team last year is gone. The starting quarterback, the starting tailback, a lot of pieces on defense. Uh, it, it just seems to me like this thing is coming apart at the seams. You look at how Virginia Tech's recruiting has just fallen off a cliff a couple of years in a row now. This has been one of the worst recruiting programs in all of the Power Five. Um, it, it's just obvious that the Justin Fuente thing has kind of run its course, and I think that will be fully cemented this year. I'm going Virginia Tech, including a tough road game in the non-conference at West Virginia early on. I'm going Virginia Tech under the seven. I don't see any way this team in its current uh, in its current iteration, is getting to eight wins. One more. Iowa, under the eight and a half. Key pieces lost on defense. Uh, you look at Davion Nixon, Chauncey Goldston. I mean, that, those guys those guys anchored what was one of the most surprising defensive fronts in all of college football last year. Really carried Iowa in that six-game win streak down the stretch after they lost those first two games in a row. So props for them uh, to them. They come in one of the hottest teams in the country. But those guys are gone. Um, and then I look at the receivers. Those guys are gone too. And, you know, Spencer Petrus was struggling with his accuracy and his reads last year when he had one of the better receiving units that Iowa's had going into a year in the last decade. Now he doesn't have those guys. Uh, I think that this is going to be more of a traditional Iowa team where they are looking to win every week, 21 to 17, 21 to 17, where you have that offensive line uh, led by an All-American center. You've got Goodson, who's maybe uh, one of the more maybe the most explosive tailback returning in our league. But I think this is a year where I, again, you look at the schedule, Iowa could start 9-0-2. or You start off with Indiana at Iowa State, a preseason top 10 team that you know has that game circled. There's very few boxes Matt Campbell has not checked in his tenure in Ames when it comes to rewriting the image um, and the history of Iowa State football. And one of them is he still hasn't beaten Iowa. So if you start 0-2 to get to 9 which I think is very possible. If you start 0-2 to get to 9, you, you have to go, what, 9-1, um, and 
down the or nine and two down the rest of the or no nine and one down the stretch. I, I just I don't see that. So I, I think this is a seven or eight win team this year. So I'm going Iowa under the eight and a half. I do not believe this is a team that can get to nine wins. So Iowa eight and a half. So again, so far, Illinois over three, Auburn under seven, Colorado under four and a half, Cal over five and a half, Virginia Tech under seven, Iowa under eight and a half. Those are six of my seven season win total best bets, which leaves us with one more, which we'll get to in a moment. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast because you make these episodes possible with your support. And we get asked all the time, hey, we love what you guys do. How can we support you? Well, for just $5 a month, you can support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And hey, college basketball may be done, but now we're into the Major League Baseball handicapping. And we had an outstanding season in Major League Baseball last year. We had a pretty good season in college basketball this year as well, as you can see right there from something we recently posted on our Patreon page. So five $5 a month to get some pretty good sports handicapping, an opportunity to win some money like when we recommended you take before the tournament, Baylor 6-1 to to win the national championship. You saw that thing pay off, right? Well, your $5 a month pays off when you support us at patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. All right, back again here on Michigan Podcast, and you're about to see a first. I mentioned we are 18-7-1 in season win total best bets over the last four years here on the show and on the Patreon page. But one team, oddly enough, has never been featured as a season win total best bet, which is kind of odd because it's probably the team we know more about than any other because we follow them closer than anybody else. It happens to be the very team that emblazons the name of this podcast, this of this show, the Michigan Wolverines. For the first time, Michigan will be given a season win total best bet. DraftKings put Michigan's season win total coming off one of the worst seasons in school history with a slew of question marks all over the roster, including now seven new coaches. It's because one of them's already left and he had to be replaced. All right. So an overhauled coaching staff, a roster that's very much in flux and a difficult schedule, including a week two game against Pac-12, defending Pac-12 North Division champion Washington, who comes to the big house in primetime. So DraftKings has Michigan's season win total for this fall, despite all of those question marks, at eight. So on which side will I come down to my best bet? To me, I think there's only one side here, and that's under the eight. To me, this is either Jim Harbaugh's Big Ten Coach of the Year or there's a new coach at Michigan. I don't think there'll be anything in between. I think when you look at the difficulty of our schedule this year, um, I I think the road games at Nebraska, at Michigan State, I mean, hell, Michigan State beat us last year when they were sorry, which means we were sorrier. Is that a word? Um, The reality is, uh, with this many question marks, we, we have a quarterback that's played one good half against Rutgers. That's it. And he's like your cemented starter. 
I don't know. They're bringing in Alan Bowman, the transfer from, te- from Texas Tech, who has the second highest completion percentage in active co- among active college football quarterbacks. He's got 5,000 career passing yards. But, I mean, the guy has been behind some really broken offensive lines, has struggled to stay healthy, wasn't here in the spring. So, I mean, who knows if he can win the starting job. All those questions on defense. Our offensive coordinator is a joke. Our defensive coordinator's never coordinated a defense. Other than that, though, we're all fine here. Everything's fine here. How are you? All of those questions, and now we're looking at Indiana might have its highest preseason rating since 1988-89. You look at a road game in East Lansing, a lot better Michigan teams than this one have gone to East Lansing and come out with taking the L, okay? Um, Clearly, the Ohio State thing's just not even on the table. All right, so you really got to go eight and three. Because the Ohio State game's not even on the table. So you got to win eight of the 11 games. You're looking at a road game at Penn State. Now it's in November. I don't know what the Big Ten will do with that if they'll allow Penn State to still have that be a whiteout at night. Um, but, uh, you know, that's not an environment that Michigan has thrived in anyway. So I don't know. Tell me where these nine wins are at. Take the Ohio State game off the schedule. You have to go nine and two against the rest of those teams. And now you throw in Washington. Tell me where those nine wins are. Hell, I don't I don't know where the eight wins are for the push. Not with all these question marks. So I think this thing either galvanizes and kind of all comes together. And and Jim is in the running for Big Ten and then maybe even national coach of the year with a with one of maybe his best season, which still wouldn't include a win over Ohio State, because that's just never happening again. At least not under this coach. It's pretty obvious. So it's either that. Or I think you you just you run into reality, and that reality is we're on now what our third different defensive coordinator. We're on our third different offense. We're on our second different offense. We're on our what is it now fourth offensive line coach, and we can't get there. Despite the fact last year we had 10 guys picked in the NFL draft. We can't get there. Well, is there is there anything else? Anyone else? You know, we keep changing these things out. Quarterbacks come and go. We try, we try transfers. That didn't work. Um, we we try the guys we recruited and identified. That didn't work. So, huh. Swap out coordinators. We're on our, I think, what is it, our third strength and conditioning coach. Swap those guys out. What's the common denominator here? We've, we've tried changing up everything here to get there. The one common denominator, folks, is the head coach. And I, I just think we have to accept that this has been a colossal disappointment. The odds are so much higher. I mean, have you looked at the November schedule? Have you looked at it? I mean, that November schedule is ridiculous. You're at Penn State. You have Indiana. You then go to Maryland in one of the worst sandwich game spots I've seen in my life. Because prior to that Penn State game, you're playing Michigan State Halloween weekend. 
So you have all these rugged games. You go to Maryland, which probably has its best quarterback since it's been in the Big Ten. Might have, might have the best receiver group, receiver room in the country, not except at Ohio State. Certainly it's in the top ten. We can't stop anybody in the passing game. It's a sandwich game. You're coming off this this string of of rugged, tough games. Ohio State is on deck. I I think a winless November is possible. So yeah, sadly, and 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 know this going in, as a fan, I'm broken. I've lost all hope. But I like being right more than anything else. Okay, and. If I wasn't very confident at going under the eight, it wouldn't be a best bet. So I'm with confidence and melancholy grief. Michigan, under eight, is my final season win total best bet for this season. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast because you make these episodes possible with your support. And we get asked all the time, hey, we love what you guys do. How can we support you? Well, for just $5 a month, you can support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And hey, college basketball may be done, but now we're into the Major League Baseball handicapping. And we had an outstanding season in Major League Baseball last year. We had a pretty good season in college basketball this year as well, as you can see right there from something we recently posted on our Patreon page. So five $5 a month to get some pretty good sports handicapping and opportunity to win some money like when we recommended you take before the tournament Baylor 6 to 1 to win the national championship you saw that thing pay off right well your $5 a month pays off when you support us at patreon.com/michiganpodcast back here on melancholy and the infinite sadness i'm sorry uh michigan podcast this week's twitter poll we asked you to render a verdict Michigan football has a season win total of eight for this fall. Are you taking the over or the under? Pretty resounding verdict. 75% of you agree with me. You're on the under the eight. 25% of you have the over. I wish I could still be like you. I do. This is not a fun way to be a fan. And I hate it because it's still my all-time favorite Michigan football player. But I just... I, I, I... I have no hope. And so when I analyze, it's absent of fandom. There, there's no optimism. There's no rose-colored or maize and blue colored glasses, Mr. Ufer. None of that's there. It's just all hardcore, cold-calculating analysis. And the analysis is a team with this many question marks and a coach who got half fired by getting half his salary taken away. And that schedule ain't getting to nine wins because that's what it would take to get to the over. This week's feedback of the week comes from yours truly. I tweeted this stat out the other day. Look at this. Jim Harbaugh has 10 wins over ranked teams in six seasons at Michigan. Matt Campbell. Now, this is a school. I want to put this into context. Iowa State has not finished in the final AP Top 25 until last year. They had not finished in the final AP Top 25 since 2000. Prior to that, you have to go back to 1978. 1978. This is a team that has not won a conference title since 1934. 
I'm sorry, it says 1914. I apologize. Okay, so that historic barometer set in place. Look at this stat. Jim Harbaugh has won 10 games over ranked teams in six seasons at Michigan. Matt Campbell has nine wins over ranked teams in his last four seasons at Iowa State. Let that sink in. Wow. Now you know why I'm broken. That'll do it for this episode of Michigan Podcast. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, whichever the case may be, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, however you access us each and every episode. Please keep those five-star reviews coming. Subscribe, like, rate, share. Keep those coming as well. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. They help us to find more Michigan fans like you. Heck, you can help us with that by just spreading the word. You can also uh, follow me on Twitter, at Michigan Podcast, to keep up to date on what I think on all things Michigan in between episodes as well. I don't like the hopelessness. I'm going to do this when we get to Big Ten football media days. I'll have my own football preview done. My own predictions will be on the record by then. I'm just going to set aside all the preseason narratives. When we get to Big Ten football media days, I'm going to mark that as the start of the actual season. And we're just going to look at the season in real time as it unfolds before us over the course of the next several months. If I don't do that, I'm just probably never going to be able to enjoy this on any level whatsoever, and I want to. You know, we'll have all our big picture conversations about the future based on the results at the end of the year. So when we get to the season, which for me is going to be Big Ten football media days, when we get to the season, then it's just going to be about the season around here. And then based on the results of that season, we may or may not have a larger conversation about the bigger picture of Michigan football after the season. But I am at some point here, I want you to know, going to set aside my melancholy and infinite sadness here and focus on the team as it unfolds. We're not to that juncture yet. We almost are. But believe me, I'm not enjoying this on any level whatsoever. I love this team too damn much. It's been, it's meant too much to me. It's provided too many great memories for me. It breaks my heart that it has come to this, but it has. I had nothing to do with it. Neither did you. We would be lying to ourselves and deceiving ourselves if we didn't acknowledge that at the very least, this is at some form of a critical mass, at least. And with that, we'll see you next episode and go.